Some would say it's a debatable issue, but America has survived the midterm election, barely. Things have gotten pretty bad in our nation because we have been lulled into dormancy through fear and censorship and confusion, through threats of violence and actual violence. And here we are now beyond the election. Republicans have taken the House, it looks like, but voter irregularities have paused the Senate outcome. That is really concerning. We've had to wait to see what outcome might prevail. Will we actually take the Senate floor or not? Well, we'll have to wait on that one. But as of right now, America is still coursing on a very dangerous trajectory. The Communist Democrat Party still have over two months to do more harm before Republicans even take the House. And they are going to do all in their power to destroy us. That I can assure you. The road back to freedom and American sovereignty is going to be hard and tortuous with many obstacles and many dangers in our path. But our first priority, if we intend to survive this coup, is to completely obliterate the deep state by any and all means possible. If we do not recognize that, if we do not focus on that one fact, then it's all a wash. Because if the deep state is not made obsolete, then America will soon be obsolete. You're listening to Unity Without Compromise. Thanks for joining me today. This is Dr. Steve LaTulip. As you might have guessed, I'm not in the best of moods today. I'm not real cheerful, and I'm not real inspired. And I might even be a little bit discouraged But by what we have actually seen so far in this election. Now, we have seen a lot of other things, such as how many different ways and consider all the variable angles that the deep state already has been attacking us. The general tactics are very plain and simple. Fear. It always works well. We have a mysterious virus, a vaccine of salvation, supposedly, and all they have done is killed off a bunch of us and maimed a whole lot more. And the deaths continue to pile up. The corpses are stacking daily. And so we can expect more fear tactics because they were so successful. There will be new bugs, new superbugs generated by gain of function, new rescuing so-called vaccines. We might even have modified mosquitoes assisting them in their journey to overthrow us. And your government will not only allow it, they will not only endorse it, but they will actually fund it and promote it. They will advertise for it. And if they have their way, they will force you to do their bidding. Confusion has also been a general tactic. We continue to have the censorship of truth and it's not getting better, folks. It's getting worse. And it is combined with a whole bunch of propaganda and the labeling of any truth that happens to sneak through 
will be called misinformation or disinformation. And this is exactly why Operation Warp Speed did us such a huge favor. It clearly showed us what harm the messenger RNA shot is doing to us. The communist playbook tactics, which accuse the enemy of doing the very thing that they are doing, is working extremely well. But they've also recruited a lot of specific tactics, and they are all intentionally, intentionally designed to take us captive. The economy has been ruined. It's been trashed, and it's getting worse. Our currency has become an issue. Notice that the Department of Justice just seized $3.36 million or billion dollars in Bitcoin that allegedly was procured through the darknet black market called Silk Road. Now, it sounds to me like it's a case of fraud, but look at what happened. Cryptocurrency is not immune to confiscation by the government. It just happened. And so those of you who think that we can avoid the government and shield ourselves from their oppression and their control, forget it. It's not going to happen. Cryptocurrency is not going to solve our problems. It's only going to create further problems. Look at our healthcare. Another tactic. Our healthcare is in full ruin. If you go to see a doctor in the so-called system today, in organized medicine, meaning if you go to see any medical practitioner at any level who is not independent, you are putting your own life in the hands of these Nazi doctors and other healthcare workers who are doing the government's bidding. That's a dangerous condition. And if you're going to them for help, well, God help you because you will need it. There are still case reports now of people getting jabbed even while under anesthesia without their consent. Some nurses are objecting, but to what avail? They have full control of your body, your physical health, as well as your mental health. They are now making recommendations for your health. Now, you must understand the significance of that. When a Nazi team of so-called healthcare workers are deciding what is going to benefit you with regard to your health, you are living in an extremely dangerous condition. And there are so many other specific tactics that are just so abundant, they're, they're too numerous to list. Look, our food supply is being destroyed. They want you to eat bugs that can vector or carry all kinds of diseases. Whoopee, look at what we are in for. Look at our energy grid. Biden just stated that he will allow no more drilling, and he said this right before the election. No more drilling in the United States for oil. Just when Ohio and Pennsylvania are about depleted of their diesel supplies. Obama or whoever is programming Demented Joe also plans to shut down all the coal mines in the United States. Take a look at our foreign policy. It's very simple. Their objective is to strengthen the enemy. 
give the globalists all our money that we don't even have anymore while we, the working class, struggle increasingly to make ends meet. And that is what the Ukraine war is all about. They are funding the globalists and weakening us progressively. In fact, in every way possible, our deep state government is out to destroy us, and they are doing it. It's getting harder to feed our families, to gas up our vehicles, to serve our country even in the military, to get the things done and the things that we need for everyday life. You can't find the stuff that you need. It's getting more scarce. It's getting more difficult to find good health care. It's extremely difficult. And how do we keep up with inflation as we lose on all of our investments? Trust our currency? Forget it. We can't do that. And look at how hard it is for parents to protect and educate our children, to safeguard our elderly, to even defend the traditional family that has been the backbone of America forever. And what about finding real Christianity? Because the churches have been infiltrated as well. All of it, all of America is under attack. And our government is doing it to us intentionally. All I can say is thank you, Donald Trump, for at least exposing the deep state, for at least daring to take it on. Now, Donald Trump tried his best to recruit people to show what is really going on in our nation. And if we don't see it by now, we have to be absolutely blind. But let's not give them all credit. We are fighting back on many issues. There are some patriots in this country who are taking a stand, and I thank God for every one of them. For example, a group of California doctors are now suing Governor Gavin Newsom over his communist law that he signed into law, AB 2098, that allows California Medical Board members to destroy doctors who don't agree with COVID-19 policy. Now, they call these doctors' views unpopular, which they once were, but let me tell you, those views are true, they are honest, and they are accurate, and over time, they are now becoming a very popular view because truth cannot be hidden forever. But this so-called misinformation claim is actually a violation of the First Amendment, a free speech violation. It is a violation of the Constitution. And at least a group of California doctors are daring to sue Gavin Newsom to speak for the truth, to contain, to re retain our First Amendment rights. But how long is this going to take in court? How long do you think this will be tied up? And what chance of success do we have in court? Let's face it, the judicial branch is bipolar. It's a crapshoot as to which way this is going to turn out. And can we put our faith in the judicial branch, in these members? I don't feel comfortable with that. And 
as I said, we barely survived this election because look at what we saw. Rampantly again, voter fraud. The problem was never fixed. It is not fixed, despite the fact that many of us fought against it and fought hard. And it made a difference, maybe this time. Maybe. But look at what happened in Arizona. In Arizona, voters were delayed. I personally was in line for an awful long time as I was voting in Maricopa County. Ahead of me were people who were angry and frustrated because their vote voting slip was not accepted by these computers. They were rejected, and so they were told to put them in the third box where they would be counted later. Now, this only happened primarily in two counties, Maricopa County and Pima County. Now, what do you make of that? The two counties that are heavily dominated by Democrats and you have voter fraud taking place again. No, the problem was not fixed. But we did have some victories, right? We did have some victories in, in the government uh, in this voting system. But how much faith do you have in the government? Look at Stacey Abrams. She's a Democrat who ran for governor in Georgia, and she was already before the election making excuses for losing uh, her election through what she called voter suppression. Oh, give me a break. You can be sure that they'll be pushing all the way for more voter fraud. It's not going to go away, even for the 2024 election. Remember what Biden said before this midterm election? And John Fetterman also contended that the ballot counting process could take several days. Hey, how about several weeks or months, right? Hmm, very suspicious. Why did they say that? Well, I would suggest that they had a plan because they are letting you know what they are doing. They are interfering with yet another election despite all that we have even exposed. So we've gotten pretty good at exposing all this nonsense, this utter corruption. But are we gaining ground from it? Are we changing anything? Frankly, I don't see a whole lot of difference. I am extremely frustrated by all that I have seen. But still, let's, let's take credit where we deserve it, right? We are fighting back. Now, what about Elon Musk? What is he up to? Is he changing anything with Twitter? Is there going to be a, a, a rest restoration of free speech on Twitter? What's he up to? I'm really not sure. I'm not confident in him. I don't have a whole lot of trust in Elon Musk. He is a very liberal man. He is not a godly man. But I'm encouraged because Whoopi Goldberg just insulted him and says that she is leaving Twitter. Wow. Or so she says. You have to recall that she, Whoopi Goldberg, said she was going to leave the U.S. when Trump won the 2016 election, right? Unfortunately, she's still here. 
But Musk even urged people to vote Republican to balance the power of Congress. So this guy is an unknown, but it seems to me that he is starting to fight back. So good. Let's keep an eye on him. But I don't have any plans personally to go back to Twitter again in the near future. Not right now. Yes, we are fighting back. Now, you've heard of the plight for pandemic amnesty, haven't you? They, it was debuted by an, an economics professor from Brown University, a Dr. Emily Oster. The plea itself is quite telling. It says we were wrong, right? Could, what could be more true? Of course they were wrong. She, and, and this Dr. Emily Oster states, quote, these precautions were totally misguided. She cited masking, social distancing, school closures, and the untested, quote, vaccines. But she exposes her ignorance at the same time by stating, quote, this misstep, she's referring to the jab, this misstep was nefarious. It was the result of uncertainty. Oh, excuse me. This misstep was not, it wasn't nefarious. It was the result of uncertainty. Now stop right there. This misstep wasn't nefarious. Well, it was not a misstep. We know it was intentional. It was nefarious. It was a wicked plot. And it will come out eventually. When Fauci is prosecuted, the wicked intent will become common knowledge. But at least this pandemic amnesty plea, at least it shows us that all the quote misinformation that some of us have been spreading for quite some time now is finally getting around and taking hold. We are winning the hearts of people with the truth. And because of that, and because of the election, they are thinking, hmm, maybe we could be in trouble for what we have done. And so right away, they're suggesting, please give us amnesty. We didn't know. It was missteps. It was miscalculations. It was a lack of foresight. We'll call it what it is, but we know what it is. It was criminal intent. It was premeditated murder to treat patients in the hospital with remdesivir. It was known that these messenger RNA shots would cause a lot of harm, including a lot of deaths, and it's happening every day still. Others are fighting back. Look at what happened to the two founders of the True to Vote, uh, people who were jailed for not revealing their sources. They were also ordered release, though, by the Fifth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals. So they were arrested for exposing voter fraud information that came from FBI informants. So in America, you can be jailed for exposing treasonous acts, but you can also be released from jail. As I said, we have a bipolar court system right now, and that doesn't make me all warm and fuzzy inside. We've also seen, finally, the first lawsuit against a COVID-19 hospital protocol in Fresno, California. Now, this is huge. 
Do you realize how many thousands of remdesivir deaths have occurred in U.S. hospitals? These were intentional. Every story that I have heard, every person that I have spoken with on the phone about what's going on clearly shows that this is intentional harm that is taking place in every hospital in America. I mean, that's just devastating. That is pathetic. Everyone who lost a loved one from a hospital-caused COVID death should be filing a lawsuit. We need to take back the, the millions of dollars of hos from hospital profits, and they profited from killing your relatives. If you have lost someone, recognize that that loss is a murder. It is an intentional premeditated murder. There's no question about it. And many Americans, in some way or another, are now fighting battles. They are fighting back and they are winning. We have been joining hands and we are seeing victories, but not nearly enough. Yes, the truth always does reveal itself, but it may take a while. It can take a long while. The truth will eventually come out. But in the meantime, America can very easily be destroyed. And I would not doubt for a second that it will happen. What are we going to do about this? The people eventually, when they are abused enough, are going to fight back. And that's very important. Exposing the evil is necessary and not partaking of it in any way is very important. Fighting evil is crucial to having a peaceful, free society. So thank God for all these contenders of the faith. But with all the contending, we still have to ask ourselves, what is going on in America? Look at what happened in this election. You know, as, as I attended the, the event for, for Kerry Lake here in Arizona, I was somewhat pessimistic already because of the voter fraud issues I was seeing, the tampering with the elections. And I thought, you know, this just does not feel good. It doesn't feel right. Something is going on. And this was all despite the fact that people were out there looking for it. We had seen what they had done before, but notice how they are forever trying new ways and what has worked well for them in affecting the vote or outcome, uh, they would do it again and they have done it again. And they still do have control of the voting system. I mean, look in Arizona, how in the world could Katie Hobbs as secretary of state not recuse herself from being in charge of the election when she is running as governor for governor against a very strong opponent. I mean, that is automatically going to raise suspicions, but no, of course not. She would never do that because it takes honesty. It takes sincerity of heart to recuse yourself saying, yeah, okay, this would not look good, but no, the deep state says, I'll take every opportunity to do evil 
And I don't care if the world knows it. As long as we get away with the evil, that's all that counts. And that is what has been happening in this country every single day. We as Americans have gotten very good at exposing the evil. We are finally getting a lot of people to recognize the evil. But as far as changing the actual outcome, the outcome of what is happening in America, we are making very little progress. They're still very successful at destroying us. We have no say in whether or not we will ever generate more oil in this country because you know they'll take it away from us until we are all enslaved. We know that they are continuing, continuing to hack away at the Second Amendment because they must take our guns from us. They must disarm us to take over this country. And how obliging will we be to yield those guns and that ammunition? Because if that happens, we have no effective means of fighting. And let's face it, when you see the kind of corruption that we saw in this election, what we saw in Arizona and in Pennsylvania, I mean, think about it. How could a brainless guy, a doofus like Fetterman, win an election. It's just beyond me. And just recently, one of the reporters suggested, hey, maybe Fetterman ought to run for president. After all, he was very successful in Pennsylvania. You know, we have to think about the meaning behind this because you think, oh, that's crazy. It wouldn't happen. Well, look at how many crazy things have happened. And we never thought they would. And look at the effect of it. Remember, the deep state is not Joe Biden. Joe Biden is their installed little puppet. They want somebody in there that can be controlled, that will say anything they want them to say. Now, when you consider that, John Fetterman actually makes very good sense. The guy doesn't have a brain. His stroke caused dementia in such a way that he cannot receive information into his brain and understand what it means. And then if he even does understand it, he cannot get the words out. So, you know, how could that be possible that he could actually be even considered to run for president, let alone Senate, right? Only in America will we see this kind of insanity that is rooted not in insanity, but in evil. See, what's really happening to us is they are making us weak in every way. They are chipping away at everything that will take away our strength, our desire to fight. They want us discouraged. They want us dependent on the government. And despite the fact that we have been good at exposing much of their evil, we still have not been so good at distancing ourselves from the evil or keeping our own selves from partaking of it in some way. 
And when it comes to actually fighting the evil in a meaningful way, which is crucial to having a peaceful and free society, we have utterly failed as a nation. We have to acknowledge that and own it and say, okay, maybe something needs to change. So while I thank God for all these contenders of the faith, all these people who are saying we will follow the Constitution, we will defend the Constitution, well, it seems to me we just have to stop saying it and start doing something about it. And what is that? How do we do it? I'll take a short break and get into more of that when I return. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. I am back with you. This is Dr. Steve LeTulip on Unity Without Compromise. My radio show airs at 12 and 5 Eastern on the weekends and then goes to podcasts and you can access those podcasts as well as my articles that I write for America Out Loud uh, and find those at americaoutloud.com and I would challenge you to read other uh, articles uh, by other authors listen to those on our team because I guarantee you we are speaking the truth from the heart we are patriots we contend for the Constitution and for the faith that has given us a free America. Well, I've been talking today in kind of a discouraged tone, I, I fear, because we have looked at an election which I would say is another GMO, a government-modified outcome has prevailed in critical areas, critical states, in the swing states. We are a people who have been plagued by our domestic enemy, the government, 
and we are every bit still under their rule. We are the prey and the predator, the deep state, is aiming to fully take down the American empire. The question is, will we allow our government to do this to us? Well, we have to first recognize that this predator is a very deceitful enemy, a very powerful and a very dangerous enemy. When we talked about what we needed to do to overcome these evils, most Americans did not, could not, and would not believe it. They were living in fear because they believed the lies. And those lies caused so much confusion that they did not even recognize the domestic enemy in our government, who have sponsored all the hospital death protocols, the lethal toxic shots, the globalist agenda with all their nonsense about climate change and coronamania, you know, taking control of your health for your good. And since they've done that, the death toll has risen drastically. They have covertly declared war on us, and they are killing us, and still a significant portion of the United States population does not recognize that fact. Now, that's just a little bit concerning. Who are these evil people? They are collectively the deep state, the illegitimate, demented president and his puppeteer, and I suspect that is Obama, the DOJ, and every other government agency. The deep state includes all the king's horses and all the king's men, and they are all out to topple the American empire. So how do we change that? How do we get control of our nation again? Well, I can only see one way. We have to recognize the enemy in order to defeat them. And the deep state consists of everyone who rejects the Constitution. Well, we are now beyond the election. God has perhaps looked favorably upon us by giving us back the house. That means the hag is gone, right? Nancy Pelosi, you're out of there. Thank God for that. But what about the Senate? Who knows? And what will it matter if we take the Senate? Who knows? Is it enough to save America? Well, the answer is no, it is not enough to save America, which means we have a lot more work to do. Now, we are seeing some victories along the way, and I am grateful for that. Perhaps we are gaining a little bit of ground here and there, but the turf that we have gained is actually very little. And let me tell you, it has come through much blood, sweat, and tears from a select few. But I believe that is exactly how it is going to be all the way back 
to a victory. And by victory, I mean reclaiming our free republic that we have now lost. We did not get here in a day, and we just aren't going to recover in a day or a week or perhaps months or years. I don't know. But I still do believe that we can recover. We simply have to make the deep state obsolete. And that is my message today. But how do we do it? We see power and evil from this dark and lawless regime. We see what they have inflicted on us now. We are beginning to feel it. We know that we are dealing with a dangerous enemy, but the powers of a righteous army are still too constrained. If we have any power within us, those who believe in God, those who serve God, those who intend to serve our country, well, we have yet to do anything that has any impact on rescuing our government. We just haven't accomplished a whole lot. And that needs to change. I personally believe that more and more people are recognizing the evil, but still way too few people are victimized enough, I suppose, to consider possibly taking up the fight. Truthfully, I think that we still aren't suffering enough as a nation and as individuals compared to people in other times. If you go back to the Great Depression, 1930 to 1939, it was a time of incredible hardship for a whole lot of people. There were a few elites who were making money hands and foot on the Depression, but the average person were suffering. They were suffering tremendously. This was extremely well portrayed in the movie Cinderella Man. If you haven't seen that yet, take a look at that movie, because besides the fact that it's an incredible movie about a boxer, and this is a true story who came out victorious against all odds, it, it gave Americans hope in the time of depression that the little guy, the underdog, could come out winning. And for that reason, I like that. But the Great Depression was a time of tremendous, tremendous uh, evil because of the oppression, because of the lack of resources, the lack of money. People were hurting. Um, finding food was truly a challenge for so many families. And then also, in that same time, between 1933 and 1939, we saw the Dust Bowl in the Midwest, which caused thousands of people to be uprooted, thrown off of the property that they were farming, and thrown out on the streets, literally take whatever possessions they could, grab an old jalopy, and go west in the hopes of finding something that was going to disappoint them. They were severely impoverished. If you want to read about this, John Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath portrays it very, very well. It was a terrible time. 
And there were many such times throughout history. Look at the great Irish potato famine from 1845 to 1849. These people were literally starving. And go back to the Revolutionary War. Look at how people suffered, how people endured, how we ever won our freedom from the ragtag army that decided to fight for their country is beyond me. It can only be called an act of God. God intervened because people prayed and because they stood up for justice and for righteousness. They took action. And the same thing you could say happened in the Civil War. And I want to remind you that we are in a very similar situation. We have blue states that have, in effect, seceded from our union. They will never be won back unless we take them back. That, I believe, is factual. And that is the very reason why Abe Lincoln declared the Civil War to preserve the union. Some people argue, oh, let them go. But there are consequences to that action. If we were to let the blue states go, let them be their own entity, we would all suffer for it in ways that we cannot even comprehend. There was a lot of hard times in the past and if we think we are going through the worst of times right now, we're being naive. We have no idea how hard it can get, and it probably will get, if we do not overcome this deep state. The suffering that went on during World War II in Europe and in China, I mean, these people suffered horribly. And go back even further. Go back to the Christian persecutions under Nero and Domitian and other Roman emperors who were lopping heads off of Christians, killing them with the sword, uh, lighting them, Nero torching them in his garden, using them uh, to, to light his garden. These were hard times. And somehow we think that that cannot possibly happen in the United States of America. We had better think again. But you know, we are suffering a little bit. And some people, some Americans are still making claims that we are living in biblical times. Well, yeah, we are. It's a fact. We have always been living in biblical times since the creation of man. Um, but some claim that we are living even in the end times. Well, that is also very true. We are living in the end times. But the end times began at the start of the church age. Well, that's what the Bible says. I mean, John the Apostle, who was the only apostle believed to have died a natural death on the island of Patmos. But when he wrote uh, in a letter to the church, he said, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. John said that in the first century, in his 90s. That's in 1 John 2.18, if you want to reference that. Some say that the wrath of God is being poured out on us 
referring uh, in some way or another to the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, and they say that it's possibly pertaining to the seven seals or the seven trumpets. Now, we have to be very careful with this interpretation. Take Revelation 6, for example, which describes the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Revelation 6. Well, what does that really mean? What is really going on there? Can we understand it all? Do we know for sure what reference that is being made to? Well, let's look at those four horsemen. There is the rider on the white horse, and he went out conquering and to conquer. Now, has this happened already? Well, that could have described the conquering, perhaps, of Alexander the Great, couldn't it? Or maybe the ever... Uh, prevalent Roman Empire that it, that became such a great power uh, during the time of Christ and was not conquering the agenda of Adolf Hitler? Sure it was. So who's the rider on the white horse and what time frame does that refer to? Well, it's hard to say. The second is the red horse, and that rider was granted the power to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another. Okay, who is that writer? People have been killing each other ever since Cain killed Abel. And we've gone through a lot of periods of time where people killed one another. I mean, that happened in our civil war here and it's happened all over the country in every country. Um, so, what does the rider on the red horse pertain to? Is it anyone specifically, or is it a sign of evil, of times of evil ever since the fall of man? Well, it's hard to say. Look at the black horse. Some people claim that the black horse and rider are out and causing problems with the economy because it describes, quote, a quart of wheat for a denarius. The denarius was the standard silver coin in the first century. So it suggests a time of great inflation. But look, our greatest inflation in the United States on record was in June of 1920. The inflation rate then was 23.7%. Could we say that the rider on the black horse was loosed during the 1920s in the United States of America? Stuart, being very culturally narrow-minded, if that's what we think, because there have been so many times of inflation where things were too costly, and that goes through throughout the history of mankind that we have seen such things. And then finally, there is the rider on the pale horse, and we are told that that rider was death, who was sent out to kill with sword hunger with death, and by the beasts of the earth. Well, haven't we seen this across the globe for centuries? So people who say that we are living in biblical times and in the end times, well, those are true statements, but that's not exactly what they mean. And if you think that we are living under hard times right now in America, I would suggest that you need to take 
a few trips to third world countries and get out of the tourist areas and see what is really happening. See the people living in bamboo huts and cardboard boxes, people who are eating anything that they can scavenge up from the garbage dumps. Now that is hardship. No, in America, we have not yet suffered enough. We just have not suffered enough. Now, it's just a fact also that God has not promised us an easy life. And so when we see the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and we think that this applies to us, well, it could very well. The Jewish apocalyptic literature, however, which is including the book of Revelation, is highly symbolic and it is not meant to be interpreted literally. But it does have meaning for us, and the meaning is that life is going to be hard. As long as people on earth reject God, and now in the New Testament era, the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be more increased suffering. The truth is God did not reveal everything to us in detail, and we ought not to make up stories or fill in those details that we are not certain, absolutely certain about. If we don't know to whom a verse of scripture applies, then when we assign our own meaning to it, this discredits God, and it makes us to be false teachers. And we have been severely warned about that. So let's accept the fact that God has never promised us an easy life. We see that even all the way back in Genesis 3. We are under a curse because of sin. God said, cursed is the ground for your sake in toil. You shall eat of it all the days of your life. In the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread until you return from the ground. In other words, life is going to be hard. And sometimes it is going to be very treacherous and dangerous. That's what the four horsemen of the apocalypse tell us. We are promised absolutely no safe haven at all on earth, Christian or not. In the world, we are going to suffer tribulation. We are going to be persecuted if we stand for righteousness. It's a fact, and we might as well accept it and get over it and get about our righteous living so that we can win people to Christ. But we do suffer less when we do things God's way. And as a nation, America once did that. And because America followed God, according to the biblical principle, God did shed his grace on us at one time. But now, now look at us. Evil has crept in. A deep state now pursues everything ungodly, unholy, always with evil on their minds, right? Everything that they say and do has evil intent. And that's why so many people call them crazy and are so confused. It's like, how can they do that? Oh, no, they couldn't possibly do something so evil, they say. Well, no, the fact is, yes, they are that evil. And when you reject God, you serve Satan, and there are no bounds to the evil that can be done. 
but we have allowed this to happen in America. And in doing so, we have lost our freedom. We are gradually becoming slaves to the deep state, and we don't even recognize it. In the same way that the Hebrews were slaves to the Egyptian tyrants. So now we must destroy that enemy, but that is going to take a will to do it. It's going to take a lot of prayer. It's going to take uh, some form of means that will, will hopefully be revealed to us by God in due time if we are sincere in heart, if we are not hypocrites in our lives. In due time, if we return to doing things God's way, we can see victory in America. Well, right now, we have taken back the house. And maybe we will take the Senate. We are given yet another chance to take back our nation, but only if we act. And our first priority should be demolishing the deep state, just as Trump wanted to do and recognized that it needed to be done. How do we do it? Well, I would suggest that we keep exposing and that we keep resisting and that we take a stand wherever, whenever, and however we can. Every single one of us, by all means, do it peacefully to the full extent possible, unless there is no other way to defend our Constitution. If we are not yet ready to commit to restoring our constitutional republic, then maybe we need a little more encouragement. We haven't yet begun to suffer as we might need to suffer. And I don't say that flippantly or wishfully. I just mean that we still seem as a nation to be less than committed to preserving our liberty. We need more people to join the fight. Thomas Paine made this point very clearly. In the darkest days of the revolution, the American Revolution, when he wrote, and he wrote these words two days before Christmas in 1776. Everybody knows the first sentence of this quote. These are the times that try men's souls but the rest of the quote goes like this. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of their country. But he that stands by it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. End quote. So Thomas Paine is saying that there's a lot of people who will shine you on, say, oh, yeah, I'm for it. But when push comes to shove, when the going gets tough, they will not be there to defend you. 
and we need to do away with those people. We need to pull together and be a unified army and a force for good if we are ever going to save America. Well, I would like to think that we've had enough of all the crime, the cheating, the lying, the destruction of our children, our families, our businesses, and the oppression that is increasing every day before our very eyes. I'm not sure how much more our country can take. The enemy is fully entrenched right now in our country, in America, in our government. And the four horsemen of the apocalypse are already unleashed against every nation where the Lord Jesus Christ does not reign supreme. Only the righteous can contain them. Only righteousness will hold them at bay before the Lord's second coming. And therein is our duty as Christians, as patriotic Americans, as people who live and die by the Constitution. We need to do our duty and make the evil, the deep state, obsolete. That is our defining goal in this moment in history. The path ahead of us is going to be difficult. It's going to be a real challenging road ahead, guaranteed. But we do have warriors who are willing to pay the price. And I do hope and pray from the very core of my soul that you are among them. If you are called upon to sacrifice, are you willing? If you are asked to suffer, would you do it? If someone asks you to take a risk for doing what is right, do you have the courage to do that? And if you were asked to give something up for your country, would you? I hope so. I want to be counted among the victors the winners of this war against America. You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve O'Toole. I bid you a good week. Adieu.